Welcome to the Water and Stone podcast. You are listening to episode number 127. Our Sunday worship service for August 4th, 2019 is family. It is the fifth in our series, Branching In. Your tribe is determined by vision and intention. Together, you are what you serve. So our scripture today, Joshua 24, 15, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Now, I don't know if you know about Joshua. His friends called him Josh. Sort of a... Moses' right-hand man, and he was there for the beginning part, all the stuff you know about from the Charlton Heston movie, there for the, the parting of the Red Sea, there for the freeing of the slaves, there for the whole thing. And in fact, he's really important because, well, think about all the right-hand people that have made the thing happen. But Joshua is especially important. Because Joshua carries the baton from Moses when Moses can go no further. Joshua is the one that leads the children of Israel into the promised land. And that's kind of a big deal because the name Joshua means love. You and I and everybody else have come to some part in our lives at one point or another where the thou shalt nots just ain't going to cover it. The rules and the guidelines just aren't going to get you where you need to go. You and I and everybody else have come to a place in our lives at one time or another, maybe this morning. When you need something else, you need something like love. Joshua learned the hard way through this journey, through the wilderness, through all of that stuff. Joshua learned that, you know what, guys, if this is going to work at all, we need to have a concept of God that's not somewhere out there. If this is going to work at all, we've got to have an idea that wherever we go, God's there with us. It's not a God that is limited by time and space and locality, by some set of biological characteristics. If this thing is going to work at all, it's got to just be God, period. That's why we're here. And this is a big deal because whether or not you're an Old Testament nerd like me, (laughs) this is your journey too. Because one way or the other, you and I and everybody else are coming to that place in our lives where we realize that, that nothing outside of us can tell us who we are anymore. And if this thing is going to work, we have to have that same conversation with ourselves that Joshua, who was kind of a Johnny Appleseed type of guy, had with people. He would go from place to place and say, look, you have this idea of God that is limited to a God of people who look just like you. Or you have a concept of God that is limited to this area. It's the God of your town or the God of the forest or the God of the river or whatever. Great, but we got to think bigger if this thing called life is going to work. And so he says to the people, look, you can do what you want. And what you want is going to determine the life that you have. This is important. Your vision determines your experience. We know this. But he says, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Bigger idea. So, if this is your journey, think about it. How big is your bigger idea? How much better is your better idea? If we can think bigger, if we can get a bigger, better thing, we're going to have a bigger, better life. If you want to get good at this thing called life, that's where to start. This is important. I mean, who are you after all? I mean, when you look at your definitions of, of who you are, there's a lot of places you can look. Some people define themselves by the things that they have. Look at me, look at this car. And I need the car to be loud so that everybody can see who I am. 
Uh Uh-oh, better get Mako, because sooner or later, that's not going to work for you. You know what I mean? Maybe you try to define yourself by your possessions or by your accomplishments. Look at me, what a good boy am I, this thing that I did. Great. Is that really all there is to you? Because here's the thing. No matter how good you are at creating stuff, no matter how good you are at doing the job at crossing things off your to-do list, and we've been taught that that's the A to Z of life, is crossing things off a to-do list, no matter how good you are at that, you're living in the past. Because the things that you made, the things that you did, your possessions and your achievements, they are by definition something that already happened. No matter how good you are at it, you're living in the past if you define yourself by what you have. So that's not going to cut it, is it? Some people go a little bit further and they define themselves by how they feel. And it's great to get in touch with your feelings. I love that. Some people never make that trip. (laughs) Some people never share what's on their heart. And that's beautiful. Feel the way that you feel. Own the love and the joy and even the fear and the anger. Own that because your feelings can tell you where you're at. Good. So that's kind of like the present. But where I am is different than who I am. So if we're going to figure out who we are, if we're going to figure out how to get good at life, we've got to look in a different place. Beyond what you have, beyond how you feel, there's what you know. What do you know just because you know? When you get done with church today, after you go get some lunch or do whatever you're going to do, I want to give you some homework. I want you to make a list of the things that you know. The things that you know, just like you know you're alive. The things that you know, just like you know when you're in love. And it might be a small list. I know I love my kids. I know this song is my jam. I know that nobody makes pasta like this restaurant. I don't care. I mean, I care about you, but I don't care what's on your list. Doesn't matter. But be the kind of person that cultivates an understanding of the things that you just know. Beyond proof, beyond evaluation and judgment. What do you just know? Because that's where you live. That is who you are. That's where love is. That's where faith is. That is where God is. Make that list. Cultivate that list. Throw it in your wallet. Carry it around with you. Get good at what you just know. It's going to make you a better person. It's going to get you closer to an idea of how God works. And as we have been doing, at the beginning of the talk, there's this little moment of review. (laughs) I had to put it in a box. Here's the review. You ready? God is really big. (laughs) Not just infinite, but infinity itself. You're talking about no limitations at all. Phenomenal cosmic power in the itty-bitty living space. That's right, I went there. I'm quoting Aladdin, just so we're all on the same page. In the itty-bitty living space of your expectations, God cannot be any bigger for you than your ideas about God. God cannot be any bigger for you than what you let God be for you. That's how powerful you are. That was your moment of review. So if you want a bigger life, get a bigger idea. Get a bigger bigger expectation of what God is allowed to do and be for you. And God will pick up the slack because that's what God does. That's how it works. If you feel that your life is fenced in, it may well be that you have put a fence around what God can do and be for you. And when you think about it, a lot, a big old hunk of religiosity... The spiritual experience has to do with making a really cool fence around God. 
God can only happen if you pray this way. God can only happen if you look like this. God can only happen if you put this amount of money in the plate. God can only happen if you burn sage this way or wear this crystal or listen to this music. or. Blah. I can't tell you how many times I've been in a church or a spiritual center or a religious campus or a God-based hootenanny, whatever they want to call it. That'd be, that's, actually, that's not bad. God-based hootenanny. <laughs> I can't tell you how many times I've been in one of those places, a pausa-palooza of spiritual ideas, and thought, wow, this is a really nice fence. People spend so much time gilding the fence, gold leaf and paint around what God's allowed to do. I mean, think about it. Just in the same way that you're not your possessions, you're not your feelings, you're something more. Sometimes people make God into this idol. Now, there's a commandment about that, but it doesn't stop some people. Where God is this thing. God's in the crystal around your neck, or God's in this idea, or God only lives in this place. Enough. Small idea about God, small experience of life. Some people have a feeling-based God where they spend all their time making sure that, that their fear of God governs everything. Remember Jesus had that whole God is love thing? No, no, I'm afraid. I'm supposed to be afraid. He wants me to think I'm afraid. I'm going to act like I'm afraid. Enough. What kind of weird dysfunctional parent relationship is that? Enough. Beyond all of that, there is what you know. Beyond all of that, there is something that, that you can't evaluate and judge. Beyond all of that, there is this voice that has been calling you all the time. And when you give in to that, when you find the thing that knocks that wall down, that wall around your heart, you'll know it. Everybody's got experiences of when you just had to show up for something. That's God talking. And you're allowed to live your life that way all the time. You just got to choose it. Or as Joshua says, in that same verse, just a couple of lines earlier, he says... Choose this day who you will serve because that is going to determine the life that you have. Now, I get it. The title of this lesson is Family. And it seems weird to talk about family and choice. <laughs> because, I mean, when you think about it, we talk about choice all the time, the decisions that you make determine your life and all of that stuff. But a lot of people go, well, yeah, I make choices about what I eat, where I go, where I go to church, what I wear, and all that. I make choices about the books I read. But I certainly have no choice about these yo-yos I was born with. Pardon my French. Sorry, strong language. That was it, though. We're past it now. You know what I mean, though? That seems like the one and only place where you got no choice at all. So people go, why would you talk about family and choice? But think about it with me. First of all, no accidents in the universe. Everything that happens to you happens on the level of soul readiness. In other words, you get what you're ready for, right? So there was a choice that happens. And when you think about your own life, a big old hunk of it, most of it, happens on a choice unconscious level. You're not aware of the choices that you make. And sometimes it feels like, oh, I don't know, I just had to go do that thing. And then life happens. You know, life is a little bit like a watch where you get that big, you see the hands and the things going around, but under the surface there's all of these little wheels and all of these gears and all of this stuff going on. Those are your unconscious choices that work together to make the visible things visible. People think about negative things like self-sabotage where there's a thing that you really don't want to do but you're supposed to do but you don't know how to back out of it and so you do little things to make it to where that can't happen anymore. I can't, I can't go there because... I ran over my own shoes, and now I'm barefoot. I can't go. Sorry. 
Forgot to do the laundry. Did you really forget? You know, that kind of stuff. And it happens on a negative level. It happens on a positive level. But the point is, most of the choices you make are unconscious choices. The choices that you're conscious of, those are just the things you know you're supposed to do. Everybody knows you're supposed to want peace on earth. Everybody knows you're supposed to want everybody to get along. Everybody knows that the we are the world kind of thing. Great. But how are you living? What are the unconscious choices? If you want to get good at life, get in touch with the things that it doesn't seem like you chose, but you did. And a great place to look for that is those yo-yos you were born with. Look at your family. And you're going to learn a lot about the level of unconscious choices that you make. After all, what is family? If you look it up in the dictionary, one of the definitions of family that's not particularly enlightening is a group with shared characteristics. (laughs) Great. Awesome. Like a family of flowers that all are purple or whatever. In my family, most of us have curly hair or whatever. Great. It's factual. But we have learned that the facts about us are the least interesting and least important part of us. More to the point, there are people in your family that you have no biology in common with. So that don't cut it. Shared characteristics is not a family. If you go deeper, another definition of family is shared environment. In other words, we're in a family because we're all under the same roof. Or we're in a family because we all work at the same place. And that feels like family. And that's great, better, closer, warmer. But it's still not the whole thing, is it? Because there are people in your family that you have no DNA in common with and you got no place in common with, and yet it feels right. Well, another place you can look is if you look in the movies, the the word family comes up a lot in the sense of a crime family. (laughs) Maybe it's just the movies I watch. But you think about like the Corleone family or whatever. Those are good movies. Not necessarily recommending them in the context of church because obviously there's negativity uh, in there, but... The idea of a crime family is that we're not defined by the fact that we're all related, because we're not. We're not defined by the fact that we all live in the same place, because we're not. But instead, we're defined by the idea that we're all working on the same goal. In the case of a crime family, it's a very negative goal. I'm not recommending that. But what I am saying is there's a definition of family that has the idea of a common purpose. We're going to take something from that because that's really interesting. And in fact, if you look it up, the the word family comes from the Latin familius, which means service. Did you know that? A family is defined by service. And that's a definition with legs. Because the idea is your family is defined by what you serve. There are some families that are defined by the fact that we're all going to cure world hunger. We're all going to solve this problem. We're all going to go do this thing and paint this thing and build this thing. That's a family. There are also families that dance around something very negative that they don't talk about. Where the whole family is centered around this weird dysfunction and this elephant in the room that we don't talk about. But they're serving that. And that's where the family is. Your family is defined by your service. And until you question the service, you're not going to change the family. And so there's something really powerful about deciding that, you know what, I make a lot of unconscious choices, but this one I'm going to be intentional about. Ask yourself, what are we serving? What are we doing here? What's the point of this? When it becomes conscious, when I choose it, I begin to change. Or as Joshua said, choose this day who you will serve choose. There's a lot of ways to get to know yourself. You can go on a retreat. You can burn incense. You can go down to South America. I've heard about ayahuasca. You could do all kinds of things. I'm not recommending any of them. 
You can do whatever. There's lots of stuff you can do to go find yourself. But the truth is, that's all on the level of conscious choice. And so all it's going to tell you is what you think you're supposed to be. That's fine, but it ain't you. If you want to get to know yourself, you can do all these fancy things. Most of them cost a lot of money. If it can be bought, it can't tell you who you are. Just putting it out there. You can do all kinds of things, but the truth is you don't have to get fancy about it. If you want to get to know yourself, question your service. What do you do all day? Not what, what do you say? I was going to make the bed. I was going to do the thing. I was going to fix in the about to... What are you doing? What you serve determines who you are. Question your service, and you can start to get to a place where you can change things. Question your service, and you can start to ask questions of, does my intentionality match what I want? In other words, is this good that I'm, that I'm doing this thing? You can start to ask that question, and you can start to change things. There's a lot of ways to work for change. Most of them are very expensive. You can go to all kinds of people. You can go to all kinds of seminars. You can do all kinds of stuff. You can buy all kinds of books, and that's great. Do those things. Work on yourself. It's awesome to work on yourself. Be better. Be the best you you can be. But haven't you noticed that there's a lot of people that go on the cycle of I read the book and all I learned how to do was read a book and so now I got to get another book about the book about the book? I went to the guru and now I need a new guru because the other guru didn't guru me enough. I did the thing, and now i got to do another version of that same thing over and over and over and over again. I can't tell you how many people have come to me with, this, with some flavor or another of, how come I keep going through the same garbage over and over again? How come it's the cycle? It's how come I'm on repeat? And on a family level, if we want to get back to that idea, I can't tell you how many people say, you know what, I don't even want to go home for Thanksgiving because I know it's going to be the same fight. You can set your watch by it. Right between the mashed potatoes and the red wine, somebody's going to say that thing about that person, and here we go, and I don't even want to deal with it. Right? You've heard that before. And I've heard people say, you know what, even before I was born, my family was having that same fight. And we may have flying cars, but they'll argue on the flying car. People say, how come my family orbits the same problem? How come, as an individual, I orbit the same problem? How can I break the cycle? This is a good question. And what I would say to that is, you know, there are tribes on desert islands or up in the mountains or off in the wilderness or in the jungle. Somewhere there are tribes who have been doing the same thing for generations, for dozens of generations, for hundreds of generations. And they're doing the same thing over and over again because they're worshiping the same gods they used to worship. Good, bad, or indifferent. You're going to keep doing the same things if you worship the same gods. Nothing changes in the outer until you change your idea about what's the big thing. Get a new idea about God, you're going to get a new way to experience life. That's how to break out of the cycle. When you think about it, life, healthy life, can be judged on a couple of axes. There's a lot of ways to look at life, but this is how I like to look at it. A healthy life is based on two things. Ready? Quality of service. I'm not talking about, you know, a restaurant or whatever. That's great, but we're not Yelp reviewing our life. Two stars would not live again. (laughs) Quality of service. 
How well are you serving? How good are you at serving? And most of us human beings are really good at serving. We nail it. We work and work and work at getting really good. We optimize our to-do list and we defrag our hard drive and we do all of the things that we need to do to get really fast at life. We have apps on our phone that can tell us how to avoid traffic. We wake up earlier. We do the thing. We're really good at service. But remember, that's only half of the equation. Because there are a lot of people that are really good at serving a really bad idea. If I get really, really good at this, I can be super codependent. If I get really, really good at letting fear govern my life, man, I can let it govern every nook and cranny. I can be afraid of how I'm brushing my teeth if I really work at it. There are people that have optimized dysfunction. Because we are good at service, but that's only half the equation. Quality of service is one half. The other half is purity of what you are serving. Why do you do the things you do? What's your big idea? Do you do the things you do because you're afraid somebody won't like you? Do you do the things you do because you're afraid you won't be worth it as a person? Do you do the things you do for those kinds of reasons? What if your idea is something closer to, I don't know, love? If you change your vision, you're going to change your action. That's the only way any of this works. So what are you shooting for? That's what family is supposed to be there to do, supposed to remind you of that. When you think of the the rites of passage that we go through, think of one like a birthday or a graduation or a bar mitzvah or a communion or, you know, the first time they made you watch Stranger Things, whatever it is, if you think of a rite of passage... When I go from the place of the, I used to be this and now I'm this, the role of family has been that it's supposed to be there for you during that. So imagine for yourself that you're going through something. You're going to get married. You're going to get divorced. You're going to get a new job. You're going to graduate. You're going to retire. You're going to be something you weren't before. You're going to let something go or pick something up. Think of the people that you want around you for that. That's your family. That's your family. From the dawn of time, we have created these ceremonies to protect us from, I was single and now I'm married, who am I in the middle? I was this age and now I'm this age, who am I in the middle? I was a child, now I'm an adult, who am I in the middle? Because if you define yourself by outer things, you can lose your identity. Your family is there to go, no, no, I know who you are, it's okay, I got you. So who helps you remember who you are? That's your family. But let me ask you this, do they know who you are? Have you shared that? Otherwise, they can't do their job. The job of family is to remind you that there is something bigger than you to serve. That's the purpose of every rite of passage. A job of family is not to pass on power, but to pass on the idea that you're part of something bigger than yourself. Can you model that? Can you show that to other people? When our kids were born, we made a deal with them. We bet on them in a weird way. It's true, we did. We bet on our kids. Here's what we said. Some of you know this already. But we bet on our kids. As soon as they were old enough to comprehend it, we said to our children, here's the deal. We don't want you to ever worry about how good your grades are or what you're going to do for a living or how, how, how much money you're going to have or not have. Here's the deal. You could be 60 years old and we will still let you live in your bedroom. Do not care. I know, it's weird. But that's what we said. Doesn't matter. I hope when you're 61, though. You know. But anyway, <laughs> the point is we said it doesn't matter. We don't ever want you to worry about your grades or your job or what you're going to have to eat. We will pick up the tab because as your parents, that's what we owe you. 
That's our end of the bargain. But here's what you owe us. In exchange for not having to worry about those things, we want you to stay curious. We want you to work as hard as you can to be the best you you can be and to make the world the best place it can be. That's it. That's the deal. And as a result, because we weren't worried about grades, as it turns out, my kids have gotten awesome grades. They both entered college at early age, 13 and 15 years old. They started college. They graduated early with honors and good grades and all of that stuff. And they've got good jobs. And more than that, they're good people. They're happy. And I'm not telling you that to brag, although pretty awesome. Um, I'm so proud of my babies, but that's not why I'm telling you that. I'm telling you that because I want to propose that maybe you make the same bet on yourself. I'm not saying go quit your job and join the circus. We still made the kids go to school. We just told them that your grades don't define you. you got stuff to do. There's always going to be dishes in the sink. Deal with it. I'm not telling you to give up on that. I am telling you that those things can't define you. I'm telling you to bet on yourself. Isn't that what Jesus was saying with consider the lilies of the field? What if the stuff that you do doesn't define you? What if you bet on the idea that if I stay curious, if I stay hungry, blessed are they who who hunger. What if I just stay hungry for righteousness? What if I try to be better? What if I try to make the world better? What if I give God a chance to take care of me? Bet on yourself. That's what your family wants from you. Look, I know that there's hurt in the world. I know that sometimes there's hurt in our hearts. But when you think about it, every hurt you ever had is the same hurt you had when you were a little kid. It's the hurt of, are we there yet? (laughs) Anybody that lived close to Disney as a child knows that hurt. But it's the same hurt. You're hurt when you're waiting for something. Yeah, you're waiting for a hero. Your family, your life, your world is waiting for a hero. But it turns out it's been waiting for you. It's time to stand up. Yeah, I know you got to deal with these people in your family. I know. Uh. But you know what? That door swings both ways. They got to deal with you too. So maybe it's time to make some noise. Maybe it's time to stand up for love. Maybe it's time to show people who you really are. Maybe it's time in love, in peace, but on purpose to fight for something bigger. What are we going to serve here, boys and girls? Dysfunction and fear? Or are we going to serve something bigger? Because it's time for you and me. It's time for our families. It's time for our world to have a bigger life. There are tribes that have been doing the same thing over and over again. Let's ask ourselves, are we any better than Bronze Age people? Are we going to start worrying about deeper things and solve bigger problems? Or as Joshua said, choose this day who you will serve. Because after all, freedom is a choice. Thank you. Hey, this is Dieter Randolph, and I just want to thank you for taking the time to listen to the lesson and hopefully for taking some time to apply what we talked about in your life. That's where this really happens. I love the idea that church isn't something that happens to you, but rather something that happens through you. What you do based on what you've heard can change your life and really change the world. This is just the beginning of a bigger journey. And if you want to continue your journey with us, I'd love for you to like and subscribe us on YouTube where you can watch the videos. Come join us in person. Our street address and all kinds of information is at our website, waterandstonechurch.com. All of that sort of thing. If you want to give electronically, that's where to do it. If you want to connect with us on social media, and you really should do that there, waterandstonechurch.com. Thank you for being a part of this work.